She was like, you should start catering. And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, you've been talking all this time about cooking. We will watch cooking shows together. And she'd be like, you should be on that show, Master Chef and Hell's Kitchen and all these other places. And I'd be like, get the f- out of here. Like, I'm not that good. <laughs> Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson, and I'm so glad you're able to join us. Our next guest believes if you think you're better than me, and I think I'm better than you, then we would be invincible if we just worked together. Hardworking, passionate, confident, and creative. Those are just a few of the many words that I could use to describe someone I have known for years. Ladies and gentlemen, the owner and creator of Single Simulcast and many other creations, and the CEO of Consistently Good, Buck Showalter. No, um, Derek DeGreat. No, no, no. Uh, uh, God Coach. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll go by the government. Derek Jones. However, I know him as Rashani. Uh. And this is his revelation. So how you doing, man? How's everything? You know what? Everything's going really good. I actually uh had a dream this morning where i remember like you don't remember a lot of your dreams right like dreams are fleeting uh moments i i read somewhere recently the dreams only last like two or three seconds which can't be because my dream was an epic You have partially done this already, but uh, (laughs) we have this segment that's called Open the Way for first-time guests, and you definitely have opened partially that way. Let's go a little further in opening the way. Now, in open way, conversation starts when in vulnerability enters the room. Of course, vulnerability has already entered this room, so <laughs> that's not even an issue. Uh, you are a Northern California guy. I know that's where you are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that where you grew up? If not, where did you and how was it? Um, I was born and bred a Cali boy. Okay. Uh, been up and down the West Coast, um, up to Washington. Uh, down to West Coast, okay. uh, L.A., um, been to the East Coast, uh, Andrews Air Force Base and everything, uh, mm-hmm. but primarily a 
military brat that uh, had a mom that didn't want to leave the the home that she had established. So while my dad went around the world and did his Air Force gigs, mm-hmm. we primarily stayed here uh, in in California and held it down. Uh, so I was able. It's weird. It's not weird. Folks in the military know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if folks on the outside looking in know it, but if you have a, a, a parent who's in the military, then you're living in a single parent household right? Uh, more often than not. And so um, I was the second of two. I'm the second eldest. As I tell my mom, she's like, you're my baby. I'm like, no, I'm the second oldest. <laughs> um and grew up with a black woman who went through enough in life that she made sure that i knew that no matter what people thought of me or no matter what people said about me if i got an education i was set Mm -hmm. and if i found something i loved then i was that was extra credit. Right. But yes, California. Sorry. I'm, no, no, no. I'm starting to wax poetic about, about, yeah, it was my mom and uh, nine black women and my uncle. <laughs> and they're the ones who raised me while my dad was all fighting the good fight for the United States Air Force. Mm-hmm. Go Falcons. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me about you. Wow. Okay. So even though you are fully all man, you grew up with a lot of feminine energy around you. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot. And, and 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 I'm saying this in a positive sense because oh yeah. The more yeah. we can the better we can relate to women, the better the better of a man we are. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. So how would you describe yourself as a child? questioning probing um i like that gotten a lot of trouble for asking a lot of questions like i remember the the first real whooping that i got mm-hmm. from my grandfather was because i learned that his first name was frank and then i learned pretty quickly afterwards that old mm-hmm. school black folks took it mm-hmm. as an insult if you called them by their oh, first, first name. name yeah um so I, I was walking through the kitchen and he was walking through the kitchen and I I, I read it on an envelope. I, I could read. I think I was like six mm-hmm. and uh, walked past him and said, what's going on, Frank? Oh, no. And the alarm from Kill Bill just played in the background. <laughs> and he snatched me up right around the time of the time. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> And then the whooping was on. I don't even know where he got a belt from. Um, <laughs> turned out he he always wore one for emergency purposes, and he whooped me up and down the block. Um, Not emergency purposes. But wow! In that, I learned two very important lessons. One, mm-hmm. we are not able to 
decide what the next person finds as disrespect or to define what the next Mm -hmm. person finds to be disrespectful. Uh, So we cannot assume that what we find to be commonplace is common for everyone. And two, knowledge is power. Yes, it is. Like just knowing what his name was literally changed his whole day. If an adult had called him Frank, he would have just kept moving like, hey, what's going on? But me, as a child, knowing what his name was and calling it out, brought out a side of my grandfather, a stoic, silent man. Passed away way too young. Brought out a side of him that I had never seen before. The side that my mom knew as the eldest child. Mm -hmm. I got to see. um, And my mom was like, what did he do? She was asking him because I was out there crying. And he was like, he knows what he did. And that was it. My mom didn't ask any other questions. So at that point, I did learn that what I find to be the norm and what others find to be the norm is usually two completely different things. Um, And just because I know something doesn't mean I have to express it. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room at all times. Because as I learned that day, Knowing more than the next person can get your ass whooped. <laughs> Knowing too much can literally get your ass whooped. That's what I learned that day. And it was a very important lesson. <laughs> because you know what? Now that I think about it as an adult, literally today, now that I think about it, there had to be other people in the house that knew his first name. Other grandchildren in the house. I was the youngest grandchild. There had to be other grandkids in the house who knew his first name and just knew better than to f- say it. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm just walking past all of them. Hey, Bob. Hey, Rich. Hey, hey, hey Derek. Hey, hey. We want to tell you before you go in there. Don't say hi, Frank. Oh, sh- <laughs> Just oblivious to everything. Oh, right? No. <laughs> Why are y'all twitching? <laughs> Hold on. Before you answer that, let me go say hi to Frank. Hi, Frank. Oh. <laughs> Get over here. Oh, you my a good goodness. kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
and listening pleasure. Discouragement, sorrow, distance. Your arguments cause damage to your family. The hurt leads to divorce. You feel like there is nowhere else to turn. But there is hope for you. That's where we come into play. There is an overcomer that lives inside of you. One ready to take on the world as you leap for joy, living in victory. You'll grow to love yourself and others. There's life after divorce, and you can claim it today. Get over divorce, where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. a youth coach podcaster of many different ones and the ceo of consistently good rashani joins me on revelations he didn't open the way he basically just blew the door open and uh, <laughs> we're now going to walk across that bridge to prosperity Now, the Bridge of Prosperity, we link childhood lessons to adult application. Now, you told me that your mother, more than anybody, stressed education to you. So how far did you take your personal education? Not far enough. Um, Me um, going to college, I went to college my freshman and sophomore years. Um, And then I came back home. And during the time between my freshman and sophomore years, I met my daughter's mom and um, fell in love Mm -hmm. and uh, did not look back um, because the college wasn't a place that I wasn't really, I I didn't really feel comfortable there anyway. It it was a whole thing. Um, Mm. But in having a child in having my daughter, Mm -hmm. it became one of those things where it was incumbent upon me to provide for my child. Um, And so I couldn't get permanent jobs, but I went to a lot of temp agencies. I was, I was connected to a lot of temp agencies that were placing me in temporary jobs, whether it was working in a lumber yard or working at Comcast cable. Um, I, I was, you know, and every time the temporary job would end, I would go to school. I would go back to community college and I would take classes. But before I could take too many classes, another job always came and I always needed to provide for my family. So I would drop school off to make sure that my daughter was taken care of. So in that, I'd say that I have about, honestly, maybe 20 credits left to get my AA. I've never gotten it. I've never gotten a degree. I read all the time. I love knowledge. Yeah. If I could do anything, I'd be a counselor. I'd be a teacher for kids uh, so I could reach them where they were at. But it's like with my wife, I never, she never got a chance to follow her drink. She had to take care of the family and I never right. got a chance to follow mine because I was doing the same thing on my side of the pond. Right. So 
I'm not ashamed of it um, because I still feel like getting a degree does not mean that you gained more knowledge than I have. It just means that you gain a specific sense of knowledge. Like if you're a, yeah, if you're a doctor or a scientist, one of my homegirls is a um, geological engineer. Yeah. They're super smart. Yeah. They, Mm -hmm. they study things I would never study and ever think to study. And I couldn't do that. Just living, you know, just living in the world, just doing what I do. But some of these other folks, I can do what they can do. I just don't have the paper that says that, that I've paid the money to have the opportunity to make the type of money that they're making. So right. I think about that sometimes. And and even now I want to go back to school and with my wife starting her job up in a couple of days um, and making the money she's about to make, which even now when I think about it, I'm mm-hmm. like, really? Every two weeks you make that? Oh, yeah. Whew, RNs are no joke, but um, mm. I'll be able to go back to school, hopefully, and uh, get a certificate so then I can uh, become a teacher um, because I really do want to teach mm. uh, either sixth grade or else seventh grade uh, because I feel like that's the point in time where kids really start finding themselves and their friends and start picking up the more toxic aspects of the world. Right. Um, They start becoming aware of the way that the world is and start falling into their friendships more than they are their, their family. So like homophobia and transphobia Mm -hmm. and racism and and, and misinformation and misogyny. I feel like a lot of that gets picked up around sixth grade and seventh grade because it just is what it is. So I want to be able to talk with these kids and um, walk with them. I don't want to be the cool teacher. You know, I just want to be me and just help, you know, as the day goes on. But every time, honestly, I'll be real with you because okay. why not? Every time yeah. that I was about to go to school to get to start towards my my degrees and towards my certification as a teacher, mm-hmm. every single time, someone would shoot up a f- school. Oh no! Every single time. Oh no! And so it's like, oh. It's her, her. It's oh, not, no. I'm not getting in the water yet. Like it is not safe, but the only thing is it's getting worse as time goes on. Like it's right. becoming more prevalent, not less prevalent. Like you thought it was a one-time thing. You thought it was safe to get back in the water. Like, no, it's, it's happening. Mm-hmm. So I may as well just go. And if I am a teacher at a school where that happens, I hope to save as many kids as I can before I save as many kids as I can right. in that circumstance. So just yeah. going to take the steps, get my uh, degree, mm-hmm. not not to show my kids that degrees are important because really in the large scale of things, they're not. It, you don't need to have a degree to do 95% of the things that help keep the world going. And you can make money doing those things. Mm-hmm. It's just in pursuit of right. what I want to do. Yeah. And in pursuit of knowledge that I want to attain, I wish to attain, I have to go back to school and finish what I started 
before my daughter was born right. 21 years ago. Hmm. Wow. Well, that, that's a <laughs> wonderful pursuit. Uh, so you mentioned it. So how was early fatherhood for you? Interesting, because I was really bad at it. I mean, um, I like I said, single parent household, basically being military. So I didn't know how to cope with things in a constructive manner. Mm-hmm. And it's strange to have to admit to yourself that you failed for multiple, multiple events and multiple occasions, you failed at a formative part of your child's life. And so later on, you have to go back. Pink Floyd has a song called the wall. Yeah. All in all, we're just another brick in the brick wall. In the wall. Mm-hmm. And so as a, parent who doesn't really know what they're doing and doesn't really have any guidance and doesn't know anybody to reach out to. I felt like there were a lot of times where after the fact, like years after the fact, I was going back to repair a part of the wall that I had installed incorrectly or a brick that was haphazard or that was facing vertically instead of horizontally because I didn't Mm -hmm. know that it was supposed to be this way and so now there's a gap in the rest of the wall where air and water and bad thoughts and insecurities and lies and and mistrust are able to just flow through those those cracks it's 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 a breezeway for all these bad things so I have to go back and deconstruct that wall so I can build it back up but that wall has also built into a shelter for my Mm. child and they don't want to tear that wall down to rebuild it. They don't want to, and they and they shouldn't have to. They're not the ones who built the wall. They're just living with this wall. This is all they've known. We all have a legacy. Mm-hmm. Some are smaller than others. Um, some are huge and 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 range through music and all that. My legacy is going to be in the children that I release out into the world, you know, the ones that have had time with me. Yeah. And so I think that that was the first time that I realized that, that my legacy with my child was not going to be one that is positive because as a parent, you were, always told i'm not your friend i'm not here to be your friend i'm the parent and i told her that Mm -hmm. i told my daughter that when she was like i remember she was like three years old i was like i'm not one of your little friends i'm your dad you got a lot of friends you only got one dad and she looked at me and i looked at her and then she gave me a kiss i'm like okay daddy and she skipped off and then i realized why do i have to be that person to her why can't i be more yeah Rashani.
on the other side. Alicia. You can't hold somebody to that standard if you haven't voiced what you want Mm. and what you're needing from that. Mika. If you're not communicating expectations, you're waiting for your feelings to be hurt. Nicole. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to take the time out to be alone and to get themselves together. Ivan. You got to be willing to work through stuff. And from the jump street, y'all done had problems. Maybe you don't need to be working through those. BS3 Network proudly presents Queen 3 and King Podcast. Live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 network that has only four words to say to you. With AJ, powered by JME. Live weekdays at noon central. Entrepreneur, youth coach, should I even say philosopher? Uh, Rashani joins me here on Revelations. Uh, he has opened the way. He has walked across a bridge. Now it is time to get behind the purpose. Now, this is the reason why we function the way we do. Now, yes, I do know your government, uh, and I know many other of your names, but I first knew you by Rashani. Why that particular name? My middle name. <laughs> very, very, very elaborate. Okay. It wasn't, it, there, there, there was no, the one thing that I can say that my dad did was he wanted my brother and I to have names that reached back to what he believed was African. Of course. And so he was learning because he oh, gave my brother the middle name Rashad, not for anything African, but because Ahmad Rashad was a sports reporter at the time. Right. And my dad really liked him. Mm-hmm. And so he told my mom that it was an African name and it meant whatever. Right. It, it probably does. But that wasn't what he did it for. Right. And so when I came around a few years later, he was like, I want to give him another African name. And so he chose Rashani. Where it came from, I don't know, because I haven't talked to the dude. Mm-hmm. But still not 
I tell folks it means African king. I don't know. know. What I do know is that at my school, there were like a million Derricks. And it felt like in every class I had in elementary school, there were, actually there were, because me and Derek S. and Derek um, C. Mm -hmm. were in class together from like third grade all the way up through like sixth grade. And so every single year, I was Derek J. I was never Derek. Everybody else only had to use their first name. I had to use my first and my first initials. So at first, I told my mom, I'm changing my name. My name is Rick now. Call me Rick. (laughs) Um, That was when I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started podcasting, They were like, well, what name do you want us to call you? Because I've been doing this for a really long time. And I started right. off guessing on other people's shows. And they were like, what name do you want us to use? And I'm not using Derek on a podcast. There's a million Derek's, but there's only one of me. So right. my middle name's unique. You know, let's go over Shani. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's do that. And that's where we went. Okay. All right. Middle name. I, I, I respect that. I totally respect that. Okay. All right. Another aspect about you that I haven't really talked to you about, but I know it exists, your inner nerd. Hmm. So how long did it take for you to embrace that? My mom said when I was a baby, I crawled after, caught a roach, and ate it at my aunt's house. (laughs) I don't know how real that was. I don't know if that story is true. Because I don't know if I had teeth when I was crawling. Like, let's make this all make sense, mom, but still. Mm-hmm. crawled caught something and ate it and from that moment on i was really into entomology so <laughs> <laughs> i love to study of bugs like when i was growing up i, I would capture anything and yeah. was fearless about it i caught a black widow once until i read that they will kill you and so i was scared to open up the jar and so it starved to death i am still so sorry about that mm. um because it built the web at the top of the jar instead of at the bottom like I expected it to. So I didn't want to open it because it was like, as soon as I open it, it's going to jump out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, love bugs, wanted to study bugs, wanted to become a bug scientist, had books about bugs. Mm -hmm. People would send my mom because my mom, after she graduated from college and got her uh, master's. Mm -hmm. So dope. So dope. That is. She worked with the Federal Aviation Administration. Oh, wow. And um, so she would interact with people all around the world, like literally, like go to meetings all around the world. And for some reason, my name kept coming up. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. I don't know what they do in these meetings, but my name kept coming up. And the thing that was most connected to my name was bugs. So people from around the world (laughs) would mail my mom scarab beetles and uh millipedes and centipedes all mounted Mm. like these huge hissing cockroaches and all of these bugs moths and butterflies all mounted they would pack them up and they would send them to my mom and all of them would say for Derek. oh my gosh and so i loved my mom bought me an ant farm so i could study that um back then they sent the ants in the mail like you would send them a coupon they send you the ants in the mail and most of the ants would be dead by the time they made it to you of course but the queen would survive and so the queen will repopulate the the farm 
So yes. I had an ant farm. I had tadpoles. I had everything. And I was so ready to become a zoologist. I went to school for zoology. Um, and then I read Calvin and Hobbes. Hmm. And Calvin, one of the strips that I remember the most was Calvin saying um, to Hobbes, hey, my mom wanted to know if you wanted to go visit a zoo. And Hobbes was like, yeah, ask her if she wants to go visit a prison afterwards. Just like that, I didn't want to do zoology anymore. I didn't want to study bugs. I didn't want to be an entomologist. So my next thing was talking. I talked a lot. So I was like, I'm going to do radio. Mm-hmm. Went to school, switched the major over to journalism and, and radio. Found out that radio is really hard to get into. Journalism doesn't pay worth it. <laughs> and I was in the midst of thinking about changing my major for the third time when I went back home to uh, California and met my daughter's mom. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Ah. Okay. All right. Hmm. But the, but the nerd that that's what we were talking about. Yes. So yes, that was yes, the yes. nerd part. It's always been there, and it just mm-hmm. it manifested in different things. Like my mom, everything I am, and I tell her far too often, mm-hmm. everything I am is because of her. Um, mm-hmm. My mom, we even though I was born here in California, we spent a lot of time in Washington where it rained all oh, the time. Oh gosh, yeah. And the rain was depressing to my mom. I could see that. I never knew it because we're young and it's it's like the 80s and why would she speak on it? But she's up there without any family because my dad is off doing the Air Force thing. Um and we're from California where it, it never rains. Right. So when it rained my mom would turn on the um iron fireplace that we had mm-hmm. it was a like a pork pie almost like like it, it was dope it looked like something from abraham lincoln's times or something like that she mm-hmm. put some wood into it start the fire put on some jazz and she would sit in the front room she'd open the door so you could hear the rain she'd make some hot chocolate and she'd grab a book. Wow. And she'd sit there with the heat on one side and the the sound of the storm on the other side and the jazz and the hot chocolate. And my brother played sports mm-hmm. and I gravitated towards, I want to do what she's doing. So I would sit, she'd sit in one chair and I'd sit in another chair and we'd be there for hours just reading books and drinking hot chocolate. If we mm. got hungry, she'd make us grilled cheese sandwiches. We'd get up, we'd go in the kitchen, she'd make grilled cheese sandwiches real quick, we'd come back, go right back to reading. And it would be like a whole day of just mm. bliss. Um, <clears throat> and so from a very young age, I fell in love with books and music because of that, like back to back. Um, video games, my mom never let us touch them as much as I felt like we should have. Uh, mm-hmm. For kids our age, our kids who were born in the 80s, you know that you're in that generation where the parents didn't really understand what the Nintendo what was so great about the Nintendo. Oh, God, about Nintendo. <laughs> so you only got to play it on holidays. Right. Or very sparingly. Mm-hmm. And you had to do everything else first. My mom was one of those parents, so 
I love the video games, still do. I think mm-hmm. they're an amazing medium for uh, art. Yeah. Um, and so that was the one thing that I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to, I'm going to air condition the whole neighborhood. When I grew up, I bought video games mm-hmm. and they became a big part of my world. Uh, so still are, I passed that down to my kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, kid awesome is a PC gamer. Like he has his whole setup down his room. The kids Mm -hmm. all play video games. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are my nerd things. Bugs, video games, books, music are the four things that I will sit there and talk with you about. Back with more Rishani. This is Revelations. Of course, Steph Curry. Tim Anderson. Jordan Alvarez. And it's caught. Debo Samuel with the catch. Michael Jordan can sense the throw. Just got the king. BS3 Network. The hottest of hot takes. The coldest of cold hard facts. This is Snowman in the Morning with Gold Johnson. Weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. What do you get when you watch or listen to the Life Happens podcast? Well, I'll let them tell you. Kim and I are both ministers of the gospel and Life Happens podcast is... A beautiful balance by simply taking our spirituality with real life and merging it together to create a beautiful balance. And that's what we do. BS3 Network proudly presents Life Happens Podcast, where Christianity and life intersect. Live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. You want to watch these interviews commercial free? Well, now you can. Revelations is on Patreon. Become a patron today. podcaster, entrepreneur, all-around good guy, Rashani joins me on Revelations. He has opened the way. He has walked across that bridge. He's given us the reason why he exists the way he does. And now it's time to bring that all to light.
Now, all of us shine in a unique way, and of course, Rashani is no different. You have talked about your uh, basketball coaching. Youth coaching is something you hold dear. So why is it that you have such a passion for teaching the young? Because kids are pure. I think that's really it. Kids are pure. Like they are honest and they are uh, excited to see what the world can offer them. and, And they don't know that they can't. It's one of the coolest things about kids, honestly, is that they don't know that they can't. Like, Mm -hmm. we have to beat them down. We have to literally stomp on their dreams or or tell them, oh, no, that's not for you. That's not for you. Right. And to be able to help these kids, not just with basketball, not just with Mm -hmm. making a layup or how to follow throwing your jump shot or whatever it may be, but to help these kids realize that their worth is greater than what they see in front of them. Their worth is greater than uh, the sport that they're playing. Their worth is greater than when their parents cheer for them. Mm Mm-hmm. It's important because to me, if you don't tell a a young person of their worth, they'll find it wherever they can. Mm -hmm. They'll find somebody to tell them what their worth is. And if their worth is less, or if the other person's view of them's worth is less than what your view of them is, then that's what they'll adopt. What is consistently good and when and how did all of this become a reality? COVID. So consistently good isn't COVID. Um, It it consistently good is a catering company. It has nothing to do with COVID. And yet without COVID, there'll be no consistently good. So I have nothing to do with my time. Mm -hmm. Movie theaters are closed. Right. People can't go to restaurants and eat. Uh, People are too scared to really go out to the stores because it's bedlam with everybody getting toilet paper and stuff. Mm -hmm. And my beloved wife, who if I could plant her name amongst the stars so everybody could see it every night before they fell asleep so they Mm -hmm. could see the beauty that I do, Mm -hmm. I would try my hardest to reach them. Mm. She said, you know, you ain't got basketball no more. And I was like, nope. And she was like, I ain't got work no more. And I was like, nope. I was like, you should go back to school. She was like, you know what? I think I will. She was like, you should start catering. And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, you've been talking all this time about cooking. Like, we will watch cooking shows together. And she'd be like, you should be on that show, Master Chef and and, and Hell's Kitchen and all these other places. And I'd be like, get the f- out of here. Like, I'm not that good. And she was like, I've been telling you all this time that your food is that good. And so you should really start examining cooking. And so at that point in time, my eldest daughter and her girlfriend 
were getting a spot together and they were going to have a housewarming. But neither of them could cook. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to have you having a housewarming where people come to your house and they get sick. Mm-hmm. They're like falling out and stuff. I was like, so I'll cook. And so I um, made ribs and a few other things for them and took pictures of them and uh, posted it up on Facebook, just joking. They didn't even have the name yet. Mm-hmm. 30 comments like, hey, how do I get my hands on this food? Hey, can you cook something for me? I didn't have a menu. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have prices. They didn't pay me for anything. I just cooked for my kids. I didn't even have a name for the company. And uh, my son, Kenny, was like, you know what I like about your food, Derek? I was like, what do you like about my food, Kenny? Because, you know, he and Shamari aren't my biological children. That's why they call me Derek. He was like, it's, it's always good. I was like, not great. He was like, no, it's, it's always good. It's, it's like consistently good. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I don't know if that's a put down or not. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I want you to say my food is great. I was like, but that's a really good name for a company though. Mm -hmm. Consistently good. Like if you went to a restaurant and your food was consistently good every single time you went there, like, okay, more often than not, it's better than good. It's great, but it's always good. It's never bad. It's never mid. It's consistently good. I would go to that place. Mm-hmm. I would go back. And so that became the name of the company. And I, I put out something on Facebook saying the menu is approaching. And as soon as I put out the menu, like three people contacted me to make them prime rib and all these other things, and I've been working and learning. Podcaster and entrepreneur and youth coach Rashani joins me on Revelations. And now it is the time in, well, we do the O to De La Soul. It's the time in the show where we go plug tuning. And this is the part where the guest plugs or promotes anything to his or her heart's desire. Of course, in this case, it's his. And Rashani, all I have to say is, sir, the floor is yours. All I have to say is stand back. So, um, <laughs> my name is Rashani. My name is Derek. Whichever. It doesn't matter. It's all me. Um, I am a podcaster. Um, I have nine podcasts. Um, the first one is the flagship show, Single Simulcast, which is uh, done on a weekly basis as uh, often as possible with my uh, wonderful co-host Shante. Uh, we talk about pop culture and anything under the stars, and it it continuously evolves as we evolve. Um, I really do enjoy just having the opportunity to hear about Shante's world 
um, and what's going on in it. And sometimes I find myself just sitting back and listening to her so intently that I lose sight of where I should be interacting. Uh, I tell her all the time that she needs to uh, make her own podcast. And so uh, as a result, I have told her the single simulcast is pretty much going to be willed to her uh, whenever she's ready to, to take it on uh, and, and run with it. Um, I have a show called Ratchet Book Club. Ratchet Book Club is where I read hood classics and good classics um, and either make fun of them or celebrate them all the way through. Uh, a hood classic that I read was Old Thought Next Door. A good classic that I read was The Phantom Tollbooth. And it ranges like it, you know, anywhere under the sun. It's just I love books and I love the uh, the way that they make me feel being able to read them. And so I do. Um, and I read a couple chapters each episode and talk about them or, or react to them and things of that nature. And it's a really great time. Um, I have a show called Hindsight with my friend Brandon in which we discuss movies that we haven't seen since we were a kid or in Brandon's case, hadn't seen at all because he's younger than me. Um, right now we are discussing the Back to the Future series. Uh, we did part one last week. We're doing part two this week. I can't wait uh, to talk about that with him. Um, and that comes out every Sunday. Um, we have a podcast. I say we because, again, Brandon shows up with me on my other podcast called, uh, well, it's the Return to Oswald Podcast Network. Uh, we have my friend Scarfinger with us on that show, and we discuss TV shows uh, episode by episode, season by season, um, from the perspective of um, either fans or enemies of the show, depending on how it goes. Um, we have done Oz, which is where the return to Oswald came from, uh, all the way through. Had a great time making fun of that. Uh, we did a show called um, Cocaine Cougars, which was about ESPN's Playmakers, a one-season wonder from ESPN about a fictional football team. Um, and now we are doing Orphan Black. Uh, and the show is called Another One because these clones keep popping up and it's like another one. But yeah, so another one, an Orphan Black podcast. I wanted to call it an Orphan Black ass, but um, Brandon taught me out of it. Um, I wanted to call it the Black podcast. Um, Brandon taught me out of it. So it's just another one, an Orphan Black podcast. And we have a great time. Um, I have a show called Unburdened that I really need to get back into with my friends Gerald and Corbin in which three black men talk about uh, mental health, uh, misogyny, and, and, and all of the things that they've grown up immersed in. And we strive to unburden ourselves of these things to become better supporters, better men, better allies, and better fathers. <clears throat> um, I have a show called Sin and Solace, which is a dramatic serial. It's an audio drama about an assassin named Jeremiah Sinclair and his best friend um, and the adventures that they have uh, working for a company called The Corporation. I have a podcast called Storytellers where myself 
and three people or else four people and me as the host uh, combine the age old game of telephone with the art of storytelling and create a story. And it is really interesting. It's always unique. Like we just put out, I just put out the latest episode yesterday. Um, I have a show called The Single Serving Show in which we, myself, my homeboy Scarfinger, who has begged me not to add him to any more podcasts, and yet he's always down to do it because that's what friends are for. <laughs> um, and my friend uh, Jay, Adjective Jay, get together and every week we try a different genre of podcasts. And if we don't like it, mm. we never do it again. Wow. We just move on to the next one but a single serving of a, of a show genre type. And it's really interesting. It's a concept show. So um, that one happens as we have time. Um, we had a show called The Dream Team, in which, again, Jay, Scar, and myself were the three greatest comedians that you know. And we get together and we uh, discuss anything out of the sun for a good hour. And that was a good time. And then I have a show called 20 Minutes, which is my interview show in which I sit down and talk with folks about things that uh, interest me about their lives for 20 minutes. Um, I talk to my mom about breast cancer. I talk with an inventor about an electric bike that he built. I talked with uh, Mr. Span from the Span Report mm. about being a Freemason. Um, and that show is also on hiatus, but I would love to bring it back because there's other people I want to talk to and other things I want to know. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's all of them. Mm -hmm. Each show has like subsets. Like I have a show called <laughs> around and find out in which I'm joined by just a random person on Twitter. I just pop up on Twitter and I'm like, who wants to around and find out with me? And we sit down and we talk with one person uh, named Emily. Uh, she does a show called Boys of Literature. It's a really great show. Um, we sat down and we played 20 questions. And it actually turned out really, really cool. Um, and then I have a show with my homegirl, Stephanie, called The Kitchen Sink, in mm -hmm. which we talk about everything in the kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. Everything, including the kitchen sink. Um, and that's really cool. And then I have a show with my homegirl, Nikki, uh, called Hermione and Lavender Were Black, um, which is two black nerds talking about Harry Potter. But then J.K. Rowling became an absolute <laughs> uh, So now we can't support her right when we got to the very last book. So now there's just like, we have to get to that last book just because to close out the series. Mm -hmm. And then there's a musical love affair. And I think that's all of them. Mm -hmm. And they can all be found. Cause you're like, that's a lot of shows, Rashani. Like, what <laughs> the hell do you expect me to do? First of all, if you type Rashani into Google, like literally, if you're at home on your computer, open up a tab for Google and just type in Rashani. I pop up. I'm the very first thing. Like, I am. I've been here before SEOs. I am the guy. So when you type in Rashani, the first thing that comes up is my YouTube page. Second thing that comes up is the meaning of my name. 
Third thing that comes up is my Twitter page. Fourth thing that comes up is, again, the meaning of my name. Fifth thing is my Instagram page. Sixth thing is my single simulcast page. Seventh thing is my dramatic serial. Eighth thing is my Facebook page. Ninth thing is my 2K <laughs> arena for Operation Sports. And it just keeps going. I'm everywhere you want to be. So look me up. The easiest way to find me, though, is Linktree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash SSCast. If you go there, I think every show that I do, there's a link to it on that Linktree. Um, and I think that's the best way for you to find me and fall in love with my greatness. That's it. I'm done. Mm. He says, fall in love with his greatness. Well, I have to profess, I uh, I have fallen in love with your greatness for a good amount of time and uh, find that I'm going to fall in love with even more of it. Entrepreneur, serial podcaster, a wonderful guy, one of my personal friends, Rashani. Thank you, man, for joining me on Revelations. You are a- you having me. I'm, I'm thankful that you were able to make space for me to join you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Same long here, time. Same here, man. Regret. It can be a powerful thing. If you allow it to weigh you down, it can stop your momentum. If you can learn from your mistakes, it serves as a launching pad for better behavior and a stronger perspective. Just from parenting alone, Rashani learned how to be a better father, and in turn, it helped him to become a better person. That raw vulnerability is absolutely powerful. The Bible says... For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. Regret turned into redemption for this friend of mine. It improved every relationship that matters to him. It improved his overall life. And now, he can honestly say these days, he lives a life that is consistently good. Many thanks to Derek Jones or Derek DeGrade or Buck Showalter or Rashani for giving us his perspective on life. And why don't you join us every Tuesday on YouTube and every Friday on BS3 Network where you will see a different person being interviewed by yours truly each week. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson and this has been Revelations. tuning into Revelations. To download this episode, go to Acast and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Inspired.